Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Hugh Cohen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hey, buddy. Hey, bud. How's it going? I'm alright. How are you? Very well, man. How's your week been? It's been. Interesting. Hmm. Intriguing. Yes. Many things are happening. Plans falling into place. Yes. The slow, inevitable destruction of Wrestle Talk. Which is Spanish for improve. Which is Spanish for improve. Yes, because we're all trying to improve Wrestle Talk. We here are. With your screen stalker. <laughs> how have you how have you found it? It's been good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a different wheelhouse, mm. but one I enjoy. Excellent. <laughs> Which is a, a tremendous, tremendous trailer. Isn't it just? Yeah. What a fantastic little bit of cinema. It's actually like a teaser that works. <laughs> you know, like, because <laughs> yeah. like now we live in a world in which you get teasers for trailers that tease something that might happen in a trailer. Then you get a trailer that just tells you everything that happens in the film. There's no teaser trailer for Avengers Endgame. There's just a trailer, mm. and the trailer teases what will happen in the film. I don't oh. know. It's just, yeah. it's, it feels weird to not be told exactly what's going to happen. It is all tease. Yeah. It is an all- I, I wasn't expecting If I can't t- sit there and read Wikipedia telling me the exact plot of a film, yeah. I can't watch a film anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a really, I mean, go watch the video where we, we talk about it, because it's, um, yeah, absolutely wonderful. I'm so excited. I can't believe it's like, it's next month. Yeah. It's the end of next month. Well, I love the fact that we've seen so little of it, and it is next month. Yeah. I'm glad that, like, post-Infinity War, Marvel's PR tactic has been one at a time, boys. Like, you know, it's yeah. been like, let's do Ant-Man and the Wasp, then we'll do Captain Marvel, and then we'll really ramp things up for Avengers Endgame. Like, they had to do an Avengers Endgame trailer before this, but, like, suddenly to drop this... What's this like? Four days, five days later from, oh, like a week after week Captain after Marvel. Marvel came out. Yeah. yeah. So just to go like, oh yeah, and now this, be excited because all yeah. the all the the major like fanboys and girls for Marvel films will have rushed out to see Captain Marvel already. You've seen it. I've seen it. Like, so we're just on the come down of like yeah. that was great. I might see that again. So you might go see that again, and then boom. Be ready for next month because oh, this thing's coming. And it, to your point as well, I mean, I feel like we're just doing the the uh, trailer reaction again, <laughs> a second time round. Um, but like to your point of that, it because we've seen so little and all we've had is teasers. It feels like it shouldn't be out next month. It feels no. like it should be out in November. 
I love this though. This is this is an interesting. It's how I want trailers to be. Well, it's an interesting tactic that like. Um, Say to switch it over to the video game style of things, like there's something in Nintendo's been employing like the last few years is that they don't, they won't tease or talk about a game that's coming out in two years' time. All of Nintendo's marketing is focused on that year. Mm. So, like, we know now what's coming out on the Switch, generally speaking, for this year, but we don't even know what dates Luigi's Mansion 3 has got for the end of the year, Animal Crossing has got for the end of the year like uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, all these things that have been announced, we just know they're coming this year. And we're working on a sort of like three-month basis of like, this is coming out, this is coming out, this is coming out. And they all get more and more PR build. Yeah. But we're not really talking about beyond Metro Prime 4, which which we know is coming. And that was, I think, just a saving great, like a Hail Mary, <laughs> yeah. got to save this E3 presentation by <laughs> announcing it. Um, but other than that, there's nothing they're talking about that has a longer tail than... December this year. Yeah. Which is brilliant because it just means that you you don't spend five years being like, oh my God, when will Skyward Sword come out? Like, Yeah, exactly. You, know, it, you, ju- you can just get excited and excitement only lasts so long. Like yeah. hype is something that's so limited. So it's nice to be able to go like, well, I know that this is coming out this year and I can only get more excited, but I know definitely that by the end of this year, I'll be playing this thing yeah. or watching this thing next month. Like compare that compared to Smash Brothers, like the amount the announcement of Super Smash mm. Brothers Ultimate at, compared to when it was announced to its release date, which was like months later. Mm. Like it wasn't like it was a very short tail time between yes. the announcement trailer and its actual release in December. Mm-hmm. Compare that to Resident Evil Two, which came out in January. That game was announced like four years ago. Yes. And it was announced so long ago that most people just forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. There was even to the point where a lot of people were asking that game actually being made is yeah. it ever coming out they were lucky it looked so good so when good. they released it <laughs> yeah. when they were like here it is and people were like oh my god oh, actually this is <laughs> great i'm surprised yeah yeah and it's kind of the same with the the final fantasy 7 remake like that was announced so long ago mm. that i don't think anyone really seems i forgot to be fair i forgot that was happening yeah i've been so busy like but also like the focus of like it's coming out on switch in a couple of months like oh, the, ori- yeah, yeah. the original version of final fantasy 7 that is more exciting to me than <laughs> seeing it remade in new like with new graphics i'd much rather just be like i could play it on a train yeah like, oh absolutely I'm into that. that yeah absolutely right well let's have a quick rusev hey i said it's a quick one it's quite a long one but let's have a rusev hey before we get into the review this one comes in from lee he says hi luke ollie fakedor and most certainly not randy Never i've got randy. two rusev hey's in one weekend uh, i live in cleveland ohio the home of the most important paper of the year fast lane there were two signings uh one for kurt angle and one for the miz a day apart from each other and we went to both kurt angle who is my childhood hero was on the saturday at our local walmart and eight was uh I think that was I was so pumped to be. He's written the number eight. Uh, I was so pumped to see him. Since it was in a Walmart, all the kids were running around the aisles, playing and moving all the toys, and generally being pretty annoying. By the time we got to see Kurt Angle, I was so tired and awestruck, I didn't even say a word to him when he signed my belt. But my loving girlfriend actually said, hi, how are you doing to him for me? I was so embarrassed that I didn't want to look like a fool in front of him, but maybe I did. The second was for, uh, with the Miz at, Cricket, at a Cricket Wireless dealer. Excuse me. Sorry, I ate my lunch just before we came in. I feel like I've been very gassy in this whole show. <laughs> uh, this experience was so much better and a well-run event. We waited for two hours outside in the cold to meet the Miz. We had a signing of the super famous Miz and he walked into the store to wait with his son and there were plenty... The Miz has got a son, has he? Wait with his son? I thought that Miz only had a uh, Monroe Sky. I thought it was his first child. Ooh, I don't know. Oh, unless he means Mr. Miz, as in Ms. Dad, walked uh, in with his son. 
There we go. And there were plenty of Mr. Miz chants. There we go. He's talking about Miz Dad. Uh, that makes more sense. Sorry, that was my bad interpretation of your email. Uh, it was finally our turn with, uh, when we met him, and he was, no pun intended, awesome. He shook my hand and signed my stuff. We had a quick chat about our local sports teams and took pictures. All in all, he was a great guy, and I was happy to meet him. Uh, this is also a rest talk. Get better. You can say for another show, but I'll write it here. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do it now. I started listening to you guys over two years ago, and I was at a bit of a low point. My life uh, where I didn't think I would ever find my soulmate. I didn't have too many hobbies, but I loved watching wrestling, and I fell out onto your review videos and then your podcast. I met my girlfriend Sarah through a friend a year ago, and we've been together ever since. I've since then got her hooked into wrestling so much, we watch all of your review videos and even listen to the podcast together sometimes. For my 30th birthday, she bought me tickets to Fastlane, and we're actually getting ready to leave right now. She's the love of my life, and when she hears us on the podcast, she may cry. Thank you for reading this from a long-time fan. And there is uh, the photo of our friend Lee with his lovely girlfriend Sarah. That's him with the Miz. And there he is with Kurt Angle as well. Kangle. Kangle. Oh, you two look very, very Aww. happy and are super, super cute together. And I like that your girlfriend is wearing a Total Divas t-shirt as well. <laughs> Branding, mate. Very, very nice. Thank you so much for your email. Um, right, well, let's crack on into the show. And if you're interested for the outro portion of this podcast, um, although I'm going to put a spoiler warning now, we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel because we've both seen it now. And uh, I want to talk to you about someone. So I've chosen Laurie. <laughs> that's who I'm talking about it with. Uh, anyway, here's the show. talking about NXT. And in particular, that Johnny Gargano face turn. Here's the show. We're going to talk about the main event angle of this show, which also includes the main event match itself. And what a main event match it was. Mm. So this show is kind of built around the semi-finals for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Oh, yeah. You had Mustache Mountain versus the Forgotten Sons. And in the main event, you had DIY versus <laughs> Alistair Black and Ricochet. Mm -hmm. Very differing qualities uh, yes. in terms of that. I mean, Mustache Mountain, amazing. Yes. We'll, 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 we'll come on to that. Anyway, but the key to this was kind of built around the, the main event angle itself, mm -hmm. which is that... Johnny Gargano went out with a, an ankle injury, or like a knee injury or something yes. along those lines. So he's there. So Tommaso Ciampa is now in the ring on his own. Yep. And he gets black mass and he gets 630 and Ricochet and Black advance through to the finals. Mm -hmm. And then Candice LeRae runs down. and Which is all she does on NXT <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Her only yeah. job. Yeah, he's going to say, do you ever wrestle these days? <laughs> um, so she runs under the ring. She comes to check on Gargano. Champa gets out. Champa looks like he's genuinely concerned for his friend mm -hmm. being injured. He even leaves Goldie on the apron. Yeah. His most precious and prized possession. Absolutely. And so he helps Gargano up, and they kind of walk to the back. They walk up the ramp. Gargano's limping. Oh, so limping oh. because he's so hurt. He's so hurt, in fact, he falls over. Mm -hmm. Falls over when he gets to the top of the ramp. And Champa's like... No, come on, man. We can do this. And he lifts him up mm -hmm. and then has this little look on his face, which is like, oh, it's it's coming. Mm. And he grabs him by the head and he goes to throw him into the uh, the sign behind him. But Gargano stops him. Ha ha. It was all a ruse. You got worked, Champa. You got worked, <laughs> Champa. Gargano was never hurt. Mm. He was never hurt. And he looks at Champa expecting this to happen this whole diy reunion has been for gargano has become the puppet master yeah and he was the one that was playing champa what a wonderful twist in the tale mm -hmm. 
and he grabs Chamber by the air and he throws him into the boards. Lovely poetic symmetry to how the original turn of DIY happened. And Gargano stands there and he, he gives uh, Champa a super kick to the face. The crowd are chanting Johnny Wrestling and Gargano and, and Candice are celebrating. And Johnny's just standing in front of the crowd going like, let me hear it. Johnny Wrestling is back. And I was <laughs> like, this babyface turn rules. Yes. And I was saying to Wally just before we came in to record this. This angle was equal parts amazing mm. and heartbreaking. Yes. Because we're not going to get to see the conclusion. No, that's this. Yes. Yeah. And from, not going to go into the spoilers, but obviously they have a workaround. They figured one out, which is okay. Yes. But yeah, yeah. It, and it, it is, they, WWE announced this is not a spoiler that Champer is going in for surgery. Yes. So And he's going to have to vacate the, the title. So that's not a spoiler for the tapings. No. That, that's, that's already been out there. WWE have announced It's interesting that. they chose not to do it in sort of a way, it seems like they've chosen not to do it in a way that suggests that it was Johnny that forced him. Because that's how I would have done it. That's I how I would have done, like, done it as well, This beat yeah. down forced, you know, Champer out now. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's had to vacate the title and then you can do whatever you're going to do with the sort of, the title's been vacated. We're going to have to have a match with someone in it. Yeah. To be the champion. That you could have got away with that. One thing I will say about this though, could they not have left it another week? Like yeah. do you not feel like this could have been the final of the Dusty Classic? Like rather than the Forgotten <laughs> Sons? Well, yeah, like, quite. <laughs> you know, that that could have still been a very epic end and it probably wouldn't have taken away from the win of uh Black and Ricochet to have had this come after the match because they could have won the match in great fashion had the sort of like revelry of people going wow you're going to face the war raiders for the tag team champions that take over new york or whatever if that's kind of what's going to happen and then we could have had this turn yeah of the johnny turning face again like yeah, yeah, we could have just yeah. done that and it would have been i feel like instead we're going to have to sit through forgotten sons black ricochet and see if that's any good well yeah <laughs> i mean good lord they're strapping mm. the rocket to the forgotten sons aren't they well yes but jackson Riker is clearly the one in that group that feels like the the big deal so i don't yeah. know why they're doing it the strap in the rocket to the lackeys it was of all the teams in this tournament they are the ones that have surprised me the most to make it to the finals mm. like above teams like street profits and yes yeah uh birch and lorkin and even the european union mm. i'm surprised are out before Forgotten Sons have made it to the final. Like, they would have been so far down my list of teams that I think would get to the final. Do they know something we don't know? Has, well, has WWE management come in and just gone, these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys, we're having them post-WrestleMania? Uh, well, and they've just had to go, okay. So. Or is it just a case of they wanted to do it because, um, as Percy said last week, they were... The only team in, <coughs> excuse me, to have been trained by Dusty. Exactly. So I wonder if it's for that purpose more than anything. Maybe. Maybe it's just a nice thing for them. Also, it kind of does elevate them as a team, yes. which they, yeah. they have been very much kind of bland on the on NXT mm. since they debuted. So this is a way to kind of say like, no, 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 we are pushing these as a big deal. So off the back of, um, if if they don't win the tournaments. You know, they've got somewhere to go after that as mm. well. We still feel like they're in that sort of main event slot but of it, the tag the, team I division. Think, I think the problem is, though, it's created a lopsided structure with this now where I'm only half as interested in the tournament in general as I would have been. Like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, coming into, coming into last night's episode, I was very much of the opinion like, well, like, I like Moustache Mountain, but I'm not really bothered about seeing them face the Forgotten Sons. I'm very interested in this final match. 
And then now the final is going to be Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Forgotten Sons. And I'm sort of half as interested in that as I would have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, in a bit, I suppose. Mm. We've got, we got off topic of our original uh, the debate about Johnny... Well, not debate, but our original topic of, of Gargano turning babyface. And there was a moment during this match, which was DIY versus Black and Ricochet, mm-hmm. where I just suddenly made the note, oh, this is the last time we're going to see Champa wrestle for a while. Oh, yes. Yeah. And there's that, all of a sudden, it just hit you. I've been like... <clears throat> Sorry, I felt I sound like I'm croaking up, but I've just eaten something. I've got some <laughs> food stuck at the back of my throat. Just, he's really sad. About I'm so Champa. choked up about Champa. Mm. I actually genuinely am, and it was like there was almost that moment of oh, what a great 2018 he had, mm. and like coming back from his injury, putting himself as the biggest heel in NXT, not just in NXT but in arguably all of wrestling, winning the NXT Championship, yep. and having this incredible series of matches with not just Gargano, but the match he had with Dream as mm-hmm. well, the matches he's had on TV with Alistair Black. And you, you just think, man, this this was so close to being perfect. Yes. And unfortunately, we're not going to get to see its natural conclusion. And that really does suck. Yes. I, I feel like they're smart enough, though, that the solution will hopefully be amazing when it does come around. Like, yeah. When, you know, they they managed to make the most of his last unfortunate, unfortunately timed injury. And actually, it, it was almost better for it that he returned injured to cacophonous booze yeah uh and couldn't actually wrestle because it, it was it it just delayed the gratification of johnny ever beating down champa because johnny was a nice guy he couldn't touch injured champa mm-hmm. but champa could turn up every week and taunt anyone he liked like that yeah. was you know you don't kick him out when he's down if you're kind of a noble person so it kind of works in this scenario as you know as long as his as, you know his surgery goes well he can return without having to wrestle mm-hmm. and he's so good on the mic and he's such a good presence that he can stir the pot without actually having to step in the ring yeah and gargano's kind of position within nxt now is a bit unknown because with the champer injury he hasn't been on the main <laughs> roster since mm-hmm. you know he was part of that foursome that w- that were brought up out of the blue because they needed to change things up yep but he's not been featured since champer went out with the injury so mm. there's question now as to whether Gargano is going to go up to the main roster or if he's going to stay in NXT for a little bit longer, maybe see what happens with the Champa recovery and whether or not we can get that storyline finished there or whether we just bring Gargano up and then should we do it, we'll just finish up the storyline on the main roster instead. It must be such a difficult situation to be in though as well to just go, well, like, what do we do here? Because they kind of, you must feel like, one, you've written it, you want to finish it. Mm Mm-hmm. Two, you feel like you probably owe it to the full sale crowd to for that to finish for them, you know, either at takeover or there. Yeah. However, you know that actually just finishing it on the main roster is is a way to create two stars. Yes. Immediately. Yeah. Like absolutely. Johnny goes up, has a bit of immediate success, wins a title. In during that celebration. Champa makes Champa his cut, return. Champa makes his return. Yeah. Nails Johnny. And inserts him straight into a storyline, into mm-hmm. a feud. And that and that's kind of what we've been looking for with some of these main yeah. roster call-ups, rather than just being like, here are some lads. Yeah. Those lads now will do a wrestle. Yeah. Enjoy. These are tag team. <laughs> but this match... They um, have two separate entrances. <laughs> yeah, quite. Anyway, this match, this, this DIY ricochet black match was awesome mm-hmm. and it and that's when like the the fact that champ is not going to be resting for a while really struck home with me because i'm like he's so good mm. and 
he was just working so beautifully with Black and he was working beautifully with Ricochet and all four of these guys were just clicking mm -hmm. and it was just magic on screen. It was so nice. Mm. And it, it was... put the other match to shame. Oh, right? didn't yeah, it like, just? Yeah. This was proper main event worthy. The crowd were, I won't, I won't say the crowd were quiet, but the crowd were audibly quiet in terms of you could tell this was the end of a taping cycle. Yes. And they have been there for five hours They've seen a, they've seen these guys already, mm -hmm. you know, multiple times over. They're just a bit tired, and I and I don't blame the NXT crowd for that whatsoever. No, absolutely not. And I think also there's the like these tapings had happened after the call ups, right? So the, yes, yeah. So the, there's a degree to which people will be calling on the idea of some of this just because they're not sure people are sticking around yeah. long enough to ever see it through. So it's kind of you know it is difficult to get invested in something where you're not sure what's happening. And now we're in a state where we're, we're even less sure what's happening. Yeah, but I think credit to the four lads in that the, the crowd were quiet because they were tired, which again, I don't blame them for, mm. but they were very loud for the angle that followed. Oh, yeah. And they got massively, massively into the story that these guys were telling, which I think is a real testament to how good this story has been. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, I thought this was an absolutely incredible match including the spot where gargano gave i believe it was alistair black the tower of london <laughs> on the apron oh mate that sounded like it sucked that's not a nice move <laughs> that's not a nice move <laughs> it's not take. a nice oh, move it's not indeed it was um yeah there was just some really really good stuff in here i love black's uh, hot tag and him running wild mm. and yeah just just absolutely crazy stuff well, from i love the bit i love the double submission yeah. spot where uh, Gargano gets his oh. knee injured, like or pretends that his yeah. knee is injured. So okay, so Gargano has Black in the Gargano escape. Yeah, as a pun, it took me far too long to get to working out what the pun is of yeah. the title it's of the rubbish. name. <laughs> so he's got because it's naff. <laughs> I'm just like, oh no, his name's Gargano. Yeah. And there is, he's in a submission. Gargano escape. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it was only when we were recording, uh, I believe it was um, Wrestle Ramble Extra. We did NXT Takeover Toronto as one of our mm. Patreon exclusive podcasts. And it's when I wrote it down, and I was like, "Oh, it's Gargano escape." escape. Yeah. Right? Okay, I'm I'm there now. Anyway, so Gargan, it's got the Gargano escape. He's got him in on the Gargamesh. <laughs> the Gargamel escape. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the Gargamel escape in. And Papa Smurf. And <laughs> Ricochet, Papa Smurf. Actually, not Champa with Papa Smurf, with that beard. Right, <laughs> so Ricochet tries. And then. <laughs> anyway, Gone too far. Gone too far. <laughs> Ricochet tries to stop this uh, submission, and Champa grabs him and gets in the armbar. Mm hmm. Uh, the big sort of armbar spot. And they're doing the double submission, and the commentators are putting over this is how. DIY beat the Revival to win their first tag mm -hmm. team titles. This is really, really great. And then all of a sudden, Ricochet like just powers up. He lifts uh, Champa into a Death Valley driver, and then he DVDs the, the, the digital versus style discs. <laughs> <laughs> Champa into he absolutely Blu-rayed him there, <laughs> and he, he Blu-rayed him into. <laughs> Gargano doing the submission move. It was, I mean, I know we've been like joking about it and sort of talking over the top of it, but it was such an inventive, cool spot. So, yeah. so cool. And as you say, like a really good way to then kind of have Gargano go out and sell the, the well, angle. It was, it was brilliant because I, seeing the spot happen, I just went, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. And then afterwards, he was, I was like, I just thought, because it, it was a bit ungraceful, but in mm. the right way. You know what? It looked like that sort of like, this was difficult to do. Yeah. So it didn't quite go as planned. Except it did. Yeah. Like, and it, I was like, oh my God, they've actually hurt themselves there. And then Johnny was like, called the ref over and yeah. was like, my knee. And then 
rolled out of the ring. So I was like, great. what? And, and then I was like, okay, bit, that's a bit of storyline here. Yeah. This, you know, in my mind, I was like, this leads to them falling out or something. Like Johnny's always the one ruining things for Champa. Bloody blah, always, blah, 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 blah. always oh, Gargano. Johnny Naff wrestling. <laughs> uh, but like, and then, yeah, for it to be a complete swerve like that, I was like, oh, that is brilliant. Because everyone, so everyone was expecting Champa to turn including Johnny oh. for the first time ever. Yep. Johnny was <laughs> for playing me him. once. He was playing him like me. a fiddle. <laughs> Sorry, for me once, shame on you. For me twice, shame on me. For me three more times, still shame on me. <laughs> Candice did roar me this. <laughs> Candice did roll me about this. I should listen to my wife more. <laughs> Aha, I got you. I'm the puppet master now. Well, listening to your wife is a lesson we should all learn. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Chamber went for the fairy tale ending this, after this. This really... podcast is sponsored by Luke's wife. <laughs> She is wonderful. Um, <laughs> and like they had this really nice like exchange spot between Champa and Ricochet. And then eventually, Black Mass and the 6.30, Black and Ricochet advanced to the finals. Black's celebration of getting to the finals as well. Like It really felt like it meant a lot to him. Mm. Not to, Someone who's not a tag team wrestler. Yeah. Just felt like he was like, yes, get in. That was great. So I, I really appreciate the celebration. And then the, the big angle yep. ended. I thought it was a cracking match. Unbelievable. Absolutely but it also like, awesome. Cons- considering it feels a bit like, you know, I know Black and Ricochet have come together because they both have frustrations with they both have frustrations with people in the tournament. In the tournament, but mostly with the Undisputed Era. It's interesting that yeah, this match sort of feels like a nice wrap up for Black as well to be yeah, like yeah. I've got one over on both these guys. Ricochet also gets to have one over on mm-hmm. Johnny Gargano after the the match at take the last takeover, like it's a nice kind of culmination of things. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's just sort of feels it's a tournament where they just go some tag teams, some tag teams, some tag yeah, teams yeah. from across NXT where not all the tag teams actually have storylines going on. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was a really, really well, a, a beautifully wrestled match and the post-match angle was absolutely awesome. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it sucks. It really sucks that we're not going to get the the conclusion that we all wanted. The conclusion that not just we as wrestling fans wanted, but the conclusion that they wanted. Yes. So that kind of sucks. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Patreon shoutouts to do. Ooh. Let me move my laptop across there so you can read oh, I them. Can see them. You can see them. Uh, so thank you so much, Robin Banks, Lee Roberts. Oh, you're getting caught for that, mate. Ryan, be bad. Thank oh, you very much. Bad. Hmm. <laughs> this is a tasty Tim Heidenberger. Yes. Labored puns. Probably better than Kyle Philip O'Reilly. Big claim. Big claim. <laughs> the tactical distraction. Anthony Ibanez. Yeah. Yes. I think he's talking to you, Damien Thompson. Damien Thompson. <laughs> Matthew, they bolt this city on rock and roll. You're and welcome. I ran, I ran <laughs> <laughs> Getting in, I'm getting into Luke's headspace here. Need, we need more vocal based <laughs> <laughs> so we can get demonetized. <laughs> Astounding. I'm du- try that again. Outstand. No. Astounding. Crikey, what's wrong with me? Astounding Abdullah Alenzi. Yes. Woo! The mountain, Matthew Dennis. What a mountain of a man. He is taller than most mountains. Dig, uh, the show kicked off with a recap of last week's uh, first round of Dusty uh, Classic action. And goddamn, what a great show that was that last was week. One of the, the finest hours of oh, my life. Man, it was so, so good. <laughs> and we kicked off this week's episode with semi final action between Mustache Mountain and, yes, the Forgotten Sons. Not a great match, this. No. I thought it was a bit boring. They weren't gelling. I just, uh, no. no. I thought Mustache Man, and, uh, Tyler Bate in particular, mm. like he was very, very good, as yes. he usually is, being his big strong boy and his big spinny boy when he did the spiral tap off the top. Oh, yeah. But it was... I don't exactly have a lot of notes for it because it felt mm. like watching it, there wasn't a lot of notes to take. Like, Forgotten Sons targeted Trent Seven's knee. They did a long submission spot with him. And then it was essentially... Riker interfering. Yes. Like Riker put uh, Blake's foot on the ropes, I believe, or is it Cutler was one of them I, during yep. a pinfall because Mustache Man had the match won. And then there was a bit where Riker like, he nailed Bates on the outside. As he got pushed off the top rope. Exactly, yeah. And then that distracts Trent Seven, which allowed the Forgotten Sons to hit their finish and get the win. Their finish, by the way, I don't think has a name. No. Which they've done it a fair number of times now. 
give it a name, lads. Yeah. Like, it's about time we had a name. They're workshopping names frantically at NXT that just yeah. got pages of paper. They got walls <laughs> covered in it. It's like beautiful minds. It's just like, what is this called? The forgotten name currently. Mm. Like I, I keep I keep having to write, they hit their finish. Yeah. Like as a reverse it, DDT stomp. Stomp thing. thing. Mm. Yeah. And they advance to the final. They want to call it mud hole stomping, that's why. And yeah. they're just like, we can't call it can't. that. Big way to put the team over. Not gonna mm. take that away from them. Big way and and it does this feels like we're putting a lot of stock into this team. So mm-hmm. I can imagine we're going to see a lot of the Forgotten Sons throughout 2019 in the tag team yeah. scene, which, you know, that that's probably a good thing. We need to push more of these tag teams. I just, as I kind of sort of said in the opening of the show, I just think there are more teams that I would have put ahead of them. Yeah, and I, I just, and I don't know whether it's just they haven't had the right opponents or they haven't had a, like enough time in the ring or whatever it is. Like last week's episode... They were far better than I've seen them before. Yeah, they were great. And this week's episode just felt like they were going backwards, but they mm. were actually in there with people who were much better. Like, yeah, totally. Like by Mustache all Mountain are incredible. Mm. Like t- Tyler Bate and Trent Seven are incredible wrestlers. Mm. They should like it felt like this match should have been better than it was, mm. and it wasn't a terrible match. It was just a bit. A bit boring. I think they psychologied themselves out of having a good match almost. They tried to do too much ring psychology of like, we're going to work this, we're going to work Trent's injured knees yeah. like, and do all this kind of stuff where it's just like, you've just got the difference maker on the outside. Let's just do it simply. Jackson Riker gets involved. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. Just put on like a pretty good showcase. Like, go balls to the wall yeah. for like five minutes and then just let Riker interfere. Yeah, it, it was a, a real shame because, like the we we said last week, all four matches in the opening round were were brilliant. Mm. Like they were all either excellent or, in the case of the Forgotten Sons match, very good. And it's a, kind of a shame that this has been the worst match of the tournament, and it's yep. in the semi final position. You kind of want to m- elevate. You want to kind of like keep moving upwards. Yes, in yeah. terms of match quality, which you know. Black and Ricochet did with DIY. Yeah, they like, could have done with a bit more chaff in the tournament in the first <laughs> round, really. And then we could have weeded it, them yeah. out and just gone into f- like two really great matches this week. Yeah, but they unfortunately stacked it last week, so we just lost a lot of people who were amazing. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's all like it's babyface teams as well because mm. it's it's Lorcan and Birch, it's Street Profits. The only heel team would have been like European, European Union, Union, which I, I would have absolutely loved to have seen. They're um, not heels, they're just European. That's just, that's what, just the way European well, that guys just makes are. them bad. <laughs> Ask Rusev. <laughs> Ask Brexit. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if you heard us thought about this, but I, I saw someone tweet that said, like, Brexit is the new fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> Which really made me laugh. Uh, anyway, backstage, uh, Matt Riddle, Michelangelo, is backstage with Kathy Kelly. And uh, he kind of repeated what he said last week with Velveteen Dream, that he just wanted to look, get a closer look at the... See if it comes in bro size. <laughs> the North America. <laughs> oh, God, Matt Riddle's lovely. What a wonderful man. And yeah, just wanted he to... get some pizza backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and off he went. Off he went. He just wanted to get a closer look at the title. And then Adam Cole walks up and he's like, he goes, he doesn't understand why Matt Riddle does, thinks he deserves a title shot. Mm-hmm. And Matt Riddle challenges him to a match and then kind of like they go their separate ways. Good little backstage segment. Really like Riddle. Love Adam Cole. Very happy with this. Mm-hmm. We then got a setup for a uh, match at NXT TakeOver New York. It was a number one contendership match for the NXT Women's Championship between Ayup Shirai, Io Shirai versus Bianca Belair. So this has kind of been bubbling over for mm-hmm. pretty much since after the last TakeOver events because you had that six-woman tag yep. where Io was the one who got the pin over Baszler. Um, noticeable by their absence, uh, Duke and Shafir. 
Yeah. They weren't there last time Baszler was in the ring, and they weren't here again this week. Mm. I wonder if that's just because they would the angle that preceded this, with, or followed this rather, with Baszler laying everyone out. It was kind of uh, probably seemed better, for, more beneficial for Baszler to do it on her own rather than having Duke and Shafir also beating mm. them down as well. Into Shafir, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't in, want nice. Don't want into Shafirances. Yeah, very nice. I like it. But Baszler was out for commentary here, and she mm-hmm. was. She kind of had a, a couple of set lines, and then didn't have much else to add after that. Yeah. So it was really cool, like when she's like, "Yeah, Io Shirai's won things, but she's she's a nobody from Japan. I don't know why she thinks she deserves a title shot." So she said that. And then someone else asked her another question about Io, so she just repeated that again. Mm. I was like, "I would have, I'd have liked to have seen her have more answers yeah. than just she's a nobody from Japan." And Bianca be like, "Well, I've already beaten her." Mm. Like, I, I think you kind of needed a bit more from that. I'd, it kind of works in the sense that she, they, she can't even bother to have more than one thought yeah. about them because they're so beneath her. But I don't think that's what actually happened. That wasn't the story they were telling with this. No, thing. exactly. It was just a, I've run out of things. I've run out of things. I wasn't expecting so many questions, Nigel. <laughs> there was a bit when she got up to like go and interfere in the match. Percy was like, where's she going? And Nigel was like, oh, look, you've offended her now. She's walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel McGuinness, what a legend. What an absolute legend. He... He loves that people are using the Tower of London spot because he's the only one who gets to call out Tower of London! <laughs> it's my finish and people are doing it! I'm going to call it by my name. <laughs> this had some really good stuff in there. I like some of the action in this. There's a spot, a moment where they did like this roll through double stomp. So mm. like Shirai rolled through a Bianca Belair move and instantly was up in the air for this double stomp. There was like no hesitation. There was no wasted movement in this. Unbelievable. It's athletic. crazy. There was a couple of, there was a bit early on where they just both started doing backflips. Yeah. Like they were just like, Wee! I was like, this is amazing. Like this it just it felt so different to a lot of the women's matches you see in WWE because the pacing of it was just like where they're transitioning, say, Charlotte and Becky and Ronda into much more vicious style of wrestling uh sasha and bailey are doing very sort of technical wrestling style Mm -hmm. smart spots that kind of thing and here we're just getting like oh look at the crazy flippy stuff that we can do like it's it's so it feels so different to have like these fast paced stringing together really impressive feats of athleticism Mm -hmm. madness yeah i thought it was just Really, really cool. And uh, there was some good stuff in there. Io did a Frankensteiner. Mm. You had Belair using the the hair and hitting the moonsault, but Belair got the knees up. And, oh, man, Belair's spear is absolutely wicked. Mm. So, so great. And eventually, Basil got up from the desk and she ran down and caused the DQ because she believes that everyone is beneath her. And mm-hmm. she kind of proved that by laying everyone out. Oh, it was this was cool, I think. Oh, so she looked the like... the crowd... Hated it. Oh, <laughs> like, the cr- perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. <laughs> like, Baszler is such a threat. Mm. Like, and a believable threat as well. Like, she's just so brilliant in her character. And when she's beating people down, it looks so vicious. Mm. I, I'm 100% in love with, with Shayna Baszler. She just does it with such a, like, blasé look on her face as well. So she just, like, she strolls down to the ring. Yeah. Drags Shirai out and dumps her on the floor. Yeah. Gets in the ring. Kira Fuda clutches Bianca Belair. Yep. Knocks her out. As Shirai comes back in, Kira Fuda clutch. Yeah. Knocks her out. Kyrie Sane runs down and starts wailing on her. Kira Fuda clutch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm not having this, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Get away from me. It was nuts. It was nuts. She just like every time she just like, yep. 
Yep. Okay. And then when Shirai gets back into the ring to, to <laughs> help and Bases walked away, Bases is like, no, I'm just going to do it again. Runs down, <laughs> careful, and I'm going to take you out again. Yeah. It's like Solid Snake. <laughs> <laughs> solid Shayna. And um, yeah, she was really... What I loved about Kyrie Sane's run-in, though, is Kyrie Sane didn't just do a run-in. She stopped at the top of the ramp and did a telescope thing to like say, yeah. are you beating up my friend? <laughs> <laughs> I just love this character beat of just like, Hmm. I don't think she's beating up my friend. Wanna let me get my imaginary telescope. <laughs> she is beating up my friend. Now I can run down to make the save. <laughs> what a wonderful, adorable person she is. Yeah, didn't help though. <laughs> oh no, it didn't help. Yeah, she yeah rubbish. Was, yeah. yeah, it was a rubbish. She's terrible save. friend. <laughs> yeah, she got absolutely beaten up and uh, crucified. <laughs> and um and then at the end of it, like Basil's walking out of the building and Kathy Kelly walks up to ask about her actions. And Basil's like, there's not a single woman in there that that deserves a shot at me. And it was very, very good wordings. It's not a single woman who deserves a shot. Mm-hmm. And then Kathy Kelly says, well, I've just had word from Mr. Regal. You're going to be defending your title in a fatal four-way at NXT TakeOver Brook- uh, New York, rather. So it's going to be Baszler defending against Belair, Io Shirai, and Kairi Sane. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is good, but this is also good if we're going to do, you know, if Baszler's moving on after this, this is a great way for her to lose the belt, but not lose any mystique or magic and still remain a very credible threat going on. Yeah, totally. Because, like, she doesn't have to get pinned here. Yeah. You know, she can still, like, I mean, she's obviously been pinned by Sane before, but, like... And Shirai. Yeah, and Shirai. But it, does, like, it doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah, absolutely. But also, y- y- to your point as well, that Baszler doesn't need the belt so if, she, mm. if she is going to be called up. Because if they're losing Rousey as well, like if Rousey is going to take this time off after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. they kind of need that sort of MMA presence. You can bring Duke and Shafir with her. Like it's just sort of her lackeys. Mm. And you've already got an inbuilt storyline then between Belair, Shirai, and Sane yeah. to feud over the title like for the next few months before mm-hmm. you lead to your big summer show. Yep. Oh, and your, your Money in the Bank show, and you've got that other show as well. So you kind of got an inbuilt storyline already there between those three. Yes. And then you could add another person into that to kind of like shake things up. Maybe Candice LeRae might do a wrestle. Oh, oh. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, get, I don't want... get your gear on, Candice, one of these days. <laughs> I won't go too far. <laughs> she might do, though. Um, so that's pretty much everything that was on the show. They also recapped the uh, Lee uh, Dijakovic action from a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Is that their, cannot wait. Their rematch is next week, right? Is it? I, I, I think so. I can't wait, and I hope it... I I hope it goes to a no contest again. Oh, mate, yes. I do not want this to end until nope. TakeOver. Yeah. I want this match at TakeOver. Me too. I want it to mate. start the show at TakeOver. <laughs> and I just and want, it just continues yeah. going and on. I just, I just want you to, like, yeah, that's it. It continues going on. And all you hear throughout the other matches is somewhere in the distance an echoing chop. Vibrating <laughs> 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 around the arena. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Like, they start this match and they, like, if you did it, um, you know, false count anywhere or whatever, mm. and they just brawl all around the building. So after every match, like, cameras are catching up with, where are they now? Oh my God, they're in the lab. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> kicking the crank at him. <laughs> power bombing him into <laughs> toilets and <laughs> cisterns and whatnot um so anyway i thought this was a great episode of nxt mm. really really enjoyed it I, I wasn't so much into the opening match but I, I very much enjoyed the the women's segment in the middle and i loved 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 the diy black and ricochet tag match mm-hmm. and the angle that came after it yeah. so I, yeah i would say there was three quarters of a great show we are well on the road 
to take over New York. Yep. And my gosh. Absolutely. I could not be more excited yeah. for that show. Really building up a very, very strong card, which I'm, I'm it's all It's my for. WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into the review, I'm going to do a quick 80% fact. Um, I kind of mentioned this one a little bit on the show with Ollie, that someone left it on our Patreon page, mm-hmm. about um, Fleetwood Mac. And, and the, the story is that 5% of the royalties from the album Rumours goes to their drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be true. Yeah. Uh, he, so anyway. I feel like that would be true for Rumours, but 5% of it is not to the drug dealer. It's to a marriage counsellor. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, Lucy emailed in with some more details on this uh, to say that uh, here's some more background on this potential fact. The enemy did a piece celebrating a particular anniversary of the album, and within it was a little quiz where there were three statements of rumours about the album. Two were true and one was false. I can remember that this one was definitely one of the statements, but I cannot remember if it was true or if it was false. So I guess it's actually a 66% fact, but it was most certainly the most interesting of the statements also here at my university there is a fleetwood mac tribute act poster in my halls of residence canteen and on the first day i was told this fact to my flatmates as a kind of icebreaker for all the normal small talk it then became a running joke throughout the year that i would find someone in the canteen queue that i've not told this fact to then point to the poster and tell them at the end of the year my flat took the poster from the canteen and gave it to me i still have it somewhere so weirdly this 80 percent fact has some sentimental value to me and that's why i never want to find out if it's true or not that is the most perfect Perfect 80% fact. <laughs> I love that. You've read it somewhere. You can't remember if it's the true one, but you have said it to other people mm. as if it And you could... refuse to find out. <laughs> it is a perfect. Willful ignorance is the best. Oh, I love it. An absolutely perfect 80% fact. Anyway, so Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to go see it last night. Uh, so can I, you know, we were talking about trailers in the intro portion of this podcast yep. and how the Endgame one's like a, a perfect tease to make you want to go see it. There was a trailer before I uh, Captain Marvel for Dumbo. Yeah. And like, what a nothing trailer that is. God, that film looks awful. Like for a film that's coming out this year. It makes me cross how bad that film looks. It lo- like there is nothing to that mm. trailer. Like I turned to my, my wife afterwards and was like, do you know what I love in the films? No stakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it when films have zero stakes. <laughs> yeah. What's the, st- like what, to be fair, I can't remember the original story of Dumbo. What, yeah. What happened? Elephant. Elephant flies. Um, like, Why? I mean, that's the thing. Like, the trailer just tells you, oh, you know Dumbo? It's a live action version. Yes. And and it's just, it seems very uninspired. And it kind of, it's being sold. It's basically the, the greatest showman, Burton. but everything's been shrunk down. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. smaller elephant. Yeah. Smaller Hugh Jackman. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it really is being sold on the fact that A, it's a live action Dumbo and B, it's a Tim Burton movie mm. with Danny DeVito and, and Michael Keaton. And if there is no like Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Batman Returns references, I'm going to be mightily upset because mm. like surely. Well, because and also DeVito's wearing a little suit and stuff, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> your nose can be gushing <laughs> with blood. Um, See, so anyway, Captain Marvel, what did you think? I loved it. I thought it was a really good film. Uh, I said this in the Screen Stalker like trailer reaction that it's difficult to go back to one-handers when the Marvel Cinematic Universe has grown to everyone is involved now like it feels and also I think it's a very weird time to go back to a solo Mm -hmm. endeavor when you feel like the stakes were raised in Infinity War stop you have to watch these two films because 
you're a nerd. And then, and then, then you're going to get the payoff a month later. So like, at least we only have to wait a month. But it does feel kind of weird to um, go somewhere where where none of that stuff matters necessarily. Like Captain Marvel does a very good job, I think, of um, putting a lot of pieces in place for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's, it's one of the few ones that. Well, it's the only one really that occurs ahead of the timeline. Like it's 1995 in the Captain Marvel film, and there's a lot of putting bits and bobs in place and explaining things that have happened if you're in the know, mm. and just giving you that those little bits of setup that make the world seem rounder. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. I really like that. I didn't like. I think potentially just in a world in which we've kind of all become very uh, au fait with how a super like how a superhero origin story goes it's very weird to do one on a cosmic level in which the main character doesn't know who they are yes uh and then to be like you didn't know who you've not seen her before you didn't know who she, like, you've seen a tease at the end of infinity war that, that suggests a logo mm-hmm. then you see this thing happening then you're like we don't know who she is and she's fighting a war against people who also could be anyone, so you yeah. don't know who they are either. Yeah, and then it turns, then like, not to go too deep into the spoilers of it, but like, turns. Oh, I don't out, think we can go. Oh, right, we'll yeah, go but... very deep into the spoilers. Yeah. They're not who they we're told they are either. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. like, and the people that she's with are not who we're told. Like, this whole film is like none of this is what you thought <laughs> it was, and it just becomes a bit. I just feel like I, you don't get a very good grasp on a lot of it. Like, yeah. to me, I wasn't. I didn't feel very hooked in by. I like really enjoyed the film. It's a very fun watch, but I didn't feel like latched onto anyone as a character or anything like that. Particularly. Yeah, no, I think I'd agree with that. I was, uh, me and my wife were talking about this as we were leaving the cinema. Like mm. her big, not complaint that she had about it, because she loved it. And I, I really enjoyed it as well. Like I think this is a solid three and a half star movie. Mm-hmm. I think like in real basic MCU terms, for me, it's better than Doctor Strange, yep. but not as good as Iron Man. Like in terms of being an origin yes. movie. Um, I kind of hold those up. Like, I think Iron Man is like one of the most perfect origin stories within a comic book movie. Mm. That and like Captain America: The First Avenger, I think are just perfectly done. But again, but those it, th- that's the point with those two films, though. Iron Man, Tony Stark knows who he is, mm-hmm. like, and he is in all scenes him. Yeah. This film is is Carol Danvers. One discovering that she is Carol Danvers. Two, discovering that she doesn't agree with everything she's told, despite the fact that she thinks she's a good soldier. Yeah. It's just, there's a bit too, there's like two, like, I like characters who, like, in superhero terms, maybe it's a little less three-dimensional, a little more like they're a comic book character, and they're just a bit more like, this is my through line, I am this person. Mm-hmm. And she has, a, there's, a, there's a streak of that in there, and they do try and make a big point of, like, she always gets back up, um... And she's also like kind of anti-authoritarian to a degree. Yeah. Just but just because when she's been following the rules, people have tried to get her down, and mm-hmm. so she's actually like, "Well, no, f you. I'm going to do what I want to do." Um, but yeah, I just think in, in terms of this, like, it was only towards the end of the film where she kind of forms into a fully formed well, character. Yeah. And it and it and now you just sort of sitting there going, "Well." I've seen okay. I've seen ten minutes of you going. I've got phenomenal cosmic power, <laughs> but then it's like okay. But how does that factor into end? Like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. What? 
Well, that that was kind of like my, I, and I very much agree with my wife when she made this point, is that we didn't get to see enough of the Carol Danvers before she goes off into space. Cause that, mm. because, because the film is all about you discovering along with Carol Danvers mm. about who she is and about her past and her relationship with Marvel and Marvel's relationship with the Skrulls and the Skrulls' relationship with the Kree. Like, the, it's, it's all about discovering that along with the main character. So I kind of get that as a, as a plot device. The problem is, though, you don't get to see Carol's struggles when she was on Earth as a human. And then when they have the reveal of like the um, she always gets back up. I love that montage. Well, though. I, I like that montage as well. But my issue with it was is that that, that that was felt to me like that was never anything that was really set up throughout the film. No. You see it when they're scrubbing through her memories at the start. Yeah. But when you actually finally do that, always get back up. Like that was two hours ago mm. when we saw that memory. Well, you, and you consider that 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 story beat is also the story beat that Steve Rogers had. Like yeah. that is that Steve Rogers character. Like he he is awesome. This all day. He is also. I can do this all day. I will never give up. Like, and that through line, even though Captain Ave- Captain America: The First Avenger is not a particularly brilliant film. Oh, I like it. I don't think it's great. <laughs> but like that through line carries you all the way to the end, and you know by the end of that film who Steve Rogers is. And then Captain America Two, we're in. We're in. And then what an amazing film that is. Like yeah. Winter Soldier is probably one of the best Marvel films, if not it's, the best Marvel film uh, I've yeah. ever done. For me, it's King of MCU. It's so good, but the, it, because he's such a solid, he's such a rock-solid character, you can build a story around him. This story was, it was like, here's the wall, wall over your eyes, like, yeah, put, and yeah. then pulling out all the rugs, like it's just hundreds, <laughs> yeah. hundreds of masks falling to the floor, like, yeah. who's who? What's happening? And I just think, also potentially just because it's a, a cosmic Marvel film hmm. to have to explain what's a Kree, what's a scroll, yeah. why are some of them blue? Why is she a human but she's got blue blood? What's what's wrong with Jude Law's eyes? Yeah. Like there's there's all this stuff that there's all these questions that I'm just watching it generally with, even though I you know I know from the comics, but just looking at the film from a from a distance, yeah, yeah. you're just sitting there just going, well, what is all of this? Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, Emma, she's she's a comic book fan, like it's only mm. a comic book movie fan. Like we used to go to press screenings together way back in the day. And she had a very interesting point when she said, like, like for the first 10 minutes, first 10, 15 minutes, she didn't have a Scooby-Doo what was going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Because the film is quite bad at explaining who the Kree are mm. and what the scrolls are. And then suddenly Ronan the Accuser turns yeah, up Ronan... and you're like, what? he's very different to those ones. Like, yeah. These ones seem quite nice. And then he's quite, what's, why are they? Yeah. So, that, but but I, so I, those are kind of like the negatives that I would get out of yeah. the way of it. Shining positives, though bloody love Brie Larson. She's great. Oh, she's so good. So, so good. I'm really annoyed at the dogpiling that she's getting on from, like, the man cry babies mm. who just didn't want a woman to succeed in Hollywood. But I just think she's terrific in the role. Mm. She's so likable. How dare you after... <laughs> 20 films make me watch a woman to well, know what's happening. Someone, someone sent me a tweet saying, like, they'd seen the movie, and someone sent me a tweet saying, like, I, just, I thought all the women empowerment stuff was really shut down your throat. We didn't really need Captain Marvel because there's already a lot of strong female characters in the franchise. Oh and I'm like, God. what? They're, they're outnumbered, like, two to one in terms but of... But it's not, like, but I don't feel like it is... I don't feel like any of that film was about female no, empowerment. I really don't think it was either. It was about empowerment in general, yeah. and she happened to be a woman. That's it's exactly like, it. In the same, in the same, like the 
you know, the scene in which she falls off the swing ropes in yeah. the, I assume that's not the military name for them, whatever it is <laughs> in that, that obstacle course. She falls yeah. off the ropes and all the, all the guys stood behind her are like, ha, 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 And you got that guy going, it's called a cockpit for a reason. Oh, yeah. So that yeah, yeah. that was a little bit like... But it's one line. Yeah, but that's like one line and that's just, you know... It's just got, and, and that set up what um, her friend, oh, I can't remember, was it Miriam or whatever the, her friend's character's name mm. was, said like, you were, we were pilots in an era when we weren't allowed to be test pilots. Which, and that's yeah. why, which is true. Like, that's yeah, fact. That's historical fact. It's not, but that doesn't make it women empowerment. No, it's absolutely just like, not. I, just, I don't know. It just... It would be the same story if it was like, you know, it is the same story as Steve Rogers. Like, you were too weedy to be in the army. And therefore, when you rise up and you prove everyone wrong, yeah, you're empowered. And it's, it, I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just disappointed that she's now the one who's the most powerful person. And she's the one who's going to be able to defeat Thanos. I'm like, I don't think you'd have had this problem if it was a dude. Like, if it was Thor that suddenly got all these yeah. powers, you probably wouldn't have but been I don't, bothered. But I don't think... I think in the same way, like, I don't think she's going to be the one. That I don't defeats. think it is. I think she's going to be part of the puzzle. It's an OG Avengers movie. Yeah. But that seems, it seems to be like, she's obviously going to be a factor in it. But in the same way, like, you know, like you can go, well, I'm, I'm annoyed that a black guy, Black Panther turned up, but he's going to be the one to defeat Thanos. Turns out he wasn't. So yeah. it doesn't, it, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. It's a, it's a film that is playing its cards incredibly close to its chest. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I'm sure she's going, like, with her level of ability, she's going to be a big deal. But they made the same big deal out of Vision. Yeah, In exactly. Age of Ultron, they were like, he's a world-ending machine. And, the only and then they were just like, Ultron. yeah, and then they were like, dink. Yeah. <laughs> Not for you, sir. Exactly. <laughs> and Thor's the one who's got the hammer. He's got Stormbreaker. Mm. The, the, it's the Thanos killing kind. Yep. But uh, anyway, regardless of all that, I thought the Brie Larson was brilliant. I really enjoyed Samuel L. Jackson being very 90 Samuel L. Jackson as, as Nick Yeah, that Fury. was he was cool. And I, I loved their that relationship so much, yeah. that they had. I thought that was really cool. And I loved Ben Mendelsohn as as the Skrull leader as well. I loved the Skrulls. They, that was such a good... I think that was such a good swerve with yeah. them as well. Like, I know they've obviously done it before in the comics. I think there were some Nova comics a while ago where they did a similar Cree. Mm. Uh, scroll twist of like yeah because the scrolls are traditionally baddies yes they are yeah but it's interesting to do that sort of like well is there a reason behind it and they really tunnel down on that in this film yeah which I thought was I thought was really good it's nice to see Some really that, like, nice misdirect but it's also, it, but it makes sense as well like it's such a good beat for the scrolls it's like why else would they be able to shapeshift yeah like if they're not good like it's, it's hiding it's not a like that's not a con confrontational power mm -hmm. you know yeah it's yeah. like a <laughs> so I, I thought the cast were really good I really enjoyed the the direction I, I would say that some of the action sequences were I, I, I didn't get a lot of like thrill from the action sequences apart from the one on the train which I thought was really good that was cool I really liked the scene on the train by the way love that Stan Lee cameo yeah, where he's reading the script for more rats yeah yeah <laughs> Kevin Smith he's now canon within the MCU but, it's, but, but then to a degree, that also there's a knock-on effect of that, where it's like, well, Stan Lee is now canon in the MCU. Yeah, right. <laughs> so is Marvel Comics canon in the MCU? <laughs> what are they writing comics about in the MCU? Like, it's a very good point. Pictures of things I've seen out the window. Yeah, like it's, it's a completely different world. It's not. And on that topic as well, actually, I did get a bit misty-eyed during the opening bumper for Marvel oh, Studios. Oh, so nice, man. Oh, with all the pictures of Stan, and it's mm. like, thank you. Oh, God. My wife went, it was like, oh, that's lovely. And I went, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, yes, it's, it's fine. It's, it's okay, I guess. 
Let's see the fighting. <laughs> Bring me on some manly mm. fighting now with the woman. Oh, one, another thing. I, one thing that I was a bit. I thought was a bit janky was some of the CG when she's flying around in space. It was mm. like a fat Brie Larson doll that they made. <laughs> like some, like some of the bits yeah. where she's like first flight. I was like, this looks rubbish. Yeah, which is unusual for Marvel films yeah. as well. I would say. But overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm sticking with my. It's way better than Doctor Strange which I'm surprised to see a lot of people like when I put that up on Twitter mm. last night I had like multiple replies going like how come you don't like Doctor Strange and I was like it is a bland movie mm. it is fine absolutely fine but there's like I've never felt the urge to rewatch it and I've always felt the urge to rewatch other Marvel movies even ones that I didn't particularly like like yeah. Thor the Dark World I've watched a second time mm. I've watched Iron Man 2 multiple times yeah. Doctor Strange is in my Netflix list yeah. And I have never clicked on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've got it on Blu-ray. It's still in its cellophane wrapping because yeah. I've never opened it. Um, but it, I don't think it's as good as Iron Man or Captain America the First Avengers in terms of being an origin story. Mm. It's middle of the pack for me in terms of the, the wider MCU picture. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I no. think Marvel Studios is a, it's a three and a half star, four star movie making machine that occasionally malfunctions and makes the dark world. But... Yeah. Or more often not, it's very consistent in making. These are all very good to excellent movies. Yes, and I think this did, this did a, this did enough of a job of setting up what a Captain Marvel is. So I'm now like, okay, I feel primed on the idea of Captain Marvel. Yeah. Hopefully, when now jumping through time, twenty years down the line, she's a very rounded character, mm. and we find that she's Carol Danvers again now, and then we find out who she is here, and then. Whatever the end game of end game is in the tail end of that, is she one of the shining lights of the future phase four Marvel? I hope so. I, she's our she's new a, Captain America, yeah. Because Carol Danvers is a great character. Great character and a great leader for a new team. And the modern set of comics of Captain Marvel are fantastic. Yeah, really, really cool. So I, I would certainly recommend it. Um, even to new viewers to the MCU, mm. if there are though if those still exist. Um like my dad and um I, I but I, I really enjoyed it i thought it was a three and a half star movie very much enjoyed and that the mid-credit sequence where you kind of get to go into that end game world of them looking at the pager oh oh man i was getting like i was my heart was palpitating was like, yes, I was, yes 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 <laughs> tell yes. me more oh, there's someone else there's someone else <laughs> <laughs> and then when uh, when brie showed up at the end yeah. i was like I'm in. Yes. yes. Anyway, perfect that, time to do the trailer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One week later. Yeah. yeah. And after I've seen the film, <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were waiting for me. Um, any final thoughts on Captain Marvel? It's brilliant. That's. About, I think that's about. It. I think it's. It's well worth a watch. There's obviously like. It's obviously not going to be Endgame. Yes. But it's well worth looking at. I agree. That is all we've got time for on this episode of the Wrestle Ramble podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be back on Saturday with the magazine show uh, with your crap gimmicks and mailbag questions. We'll see you then. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.